In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Darkness has descended upon the city, and the creatures of the night have begun to stir. This is the time when the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is the thinnest, and all that is is not what it appears to be. Like a lone sentinel, one candle flickers in the night, revealing all that lurks in the darkness. This is Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows. Welcome to the Nightmare. And welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co-host, all the way from some unknown city, is the queen bombshell herself, the most whatever. And Kerrigan. Well, good evening. You, you slipped. Name, you should jump in and say my butt. That's yeah. You slipped. I'm not the queen. Not the I queen. Know. Oh, you <laughs> know what it was? Is uh, uh, <laughs> our producer actually dialed the wrong number? <laughs> you want to know what that one was? No. <laughs> no, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, anyways, how are you? Good. So uh, you had a busy weekend. You didn't go camping. You went to a psychic fear and doohickey thing, huh? Yes. Yes. I went to the South Coast Paranormal Psychic Fair down in Fairhaven and mm-hmm. uh, had an awesome time, met a lot of fabulous people. Um, fabulous. Who did I meet? Uh, Tiffany Rice. I met Uncle Fright. He's kind of kind of the blue guy you see on my uh, profile pic. Um Mike Markowitz was there doing EVPs, had a million people around his table and did a great presentation on EVPs that he'd gotten at at the seacoast. Who else did I meet? I met, of course, uh, Matt Moniz from Spooky South Coast. He was there. And and Tim Weisberg in a suit. And Tim Weisberg in a suit, and he looked very dashing and handsome. Yes, sir. He did. And I I met his, I'm gonna have to start dressing up now. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know what? He just he just outclassed you. <laughs> anyway. And I met his adorable son. Yeah, so really this is a, this is gonna be a great. That we actually uh, are gonna give away the box of free stuff today. Oh boy! Yep, I got all the names right here. Wait okay, a minute. We'll do it at the end of the show, of course. Okay, hear them. I got them all folded up. Their names are on little pieces of paper. I got them in a bowl. It's official. Excellent. 
Most excellent. And, um, you know, I I was actually looking at another uh, radio radio show, and they were running a contest for free stuff, too. Mm, Interesting. Really? But you had to go to their Facebook page, and then you had to put your name on and say, I want to win. And then you had to to get your friends to say, "Uh, I want him to win, too. And it was like a total mess. It's like, no, that's like work. Oh well. Free, if I want to win free stuff, I don't want to work at it. I, well, those those posers. Yeah. So it's anyway, our idea. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron, and you can join us live in the TojiNet chat room, or you can go onto our Facebook page, which is what in Ghost Chronicles Dash Next Generation. Hop on there, like us. We're getting like more us. and more likes. We had we had like I don't know I don't know how many likes last week. Twelve, fifteen. Awesome. You guys rock. So anyways, continuing on our month of uh, witchdom, uh, we have another Mm. witch on this week. And uh, he is actually, I'm going to meet him uh, at the end of October. So Mm -hmm. without further ado, why don't we bring on a cool name, Raven Gramasi. Raven, you there? I am there. Hello. Hi, Raven. uh, Do you have a better half with you? Yeah, she's uh, sitting right here smiling. Aww. Awesome. <laughs> she can join in if she wants. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't remember her name, though. Is that awful? Ms. Her name is Stephanie. Stephanie. You should have one of those remembering spells on me, and then I would have been all right. But you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, your early Alzheimer's, Ron. Yeah, and, and Ron, disease, as I like to call it. Ron, what? <laughs> Ron, once you meet me, you'll never forget me. <laughs> I, I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> so I'm in for some big trouble here at the end of October then. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, and that's probably most people, uh, I will be moderating, I guess that's a good word for it, uh, a off-the-night at Omens in Salem on October 30th, that's a Sunday, and I think it's 7 and 9 at Omen, and Mr. Gorbasi will be there, along with uh, Christopher Panzek, uh, Christian Day, of course, uh, Laurie Bruno, and the young lady we had on last week, Jackie Smith. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I will be outwitched. (laughs) (laughs) Bewitching evening. Mm-hmm. Very so, Raven, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know, I know you've written several books. Your new one out, is out right now called The uh, Old World Witchcraft. Right. And, and uh, so it's just a phone call from the dead. Ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, why don't you give us a little uh, intro to yourself? Because no one knows you better than you, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes I even question that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I um, I was basically uh, trained in what I call a, a peasant witchcraft tradition when I was young, and um, first became published. It was in like around 1994, and at that time, it was a book on Italian witchcraft that I mixed with uh, Wiccan elements to make it a little bit more kind of palatable and familiar, and. Um, since then, I've gone on, let's see, I've got uh, 15 books now in print. So, um, yeah, you know, it's for me, it's really um, been a blessing, you know, to be able to share 
you know, my own practice and studies and research, you know, and um, I like to believe it gives people, you know, tools or signposts or, you know, helps them kind of uh, see where they want to go or, I guess, in some cases, maybe where they don't want to go. <laughs> but I think either way, um, you know, I, I've uh, I've done them a service, even if that service is to uh, to dismiss my writings and go find some that suit them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's interesting is uh, being brought up uh, Roman Catholic, and I'm still Catholic. I'm still a practicing Catholic, and uh, you know, you you always have misconcepts of uh, other people, and. If you like in the beginning of the show, we talk about the lone candle burning in the darkness, and it's not like the the, the witchdom and all this is darkness. It's it's it is in the point that we don't know about it, right. and uh, you know the old Winston Churchill thing is is nothing to fear but fear itself. And I, I think that the more we understand and know each other, I think it's a much better world. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, in the case of witchcraft, it's it's such a buzzword, and it's had, you know, centuries of, of really bad press, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's really, a, it was really a victim of, you know, political agendas that were ripe in the Middle Ages, and, um, you know, just kind of became a lasting impression, um, and, you know, most of the things that are said about witchcraft that the common person would uh, believe or has read or seen on TV or whatever is is really um, blatantly distorted. Um, but you know, it's the old it's the old thing. You know, people create enemies for political purposes, and uh, I think that was kind of the fate of the witch. Mm-hmm. I've been reading your book, um, Raven, um, feverishly. <laughs> Oh. I have to admit, I'm still not finished with it, but I'm really enjoying it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And Are you talking about the new one, the old world? The new witch- one. Yeah. yeah. Old world witchcraft. I really like it. I don't know a lot about witchcraft, but I just I love how you've combined, you know, the history with you know the take on 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 witches and. Mm-hmm. Um, it just reminds me, you know, as I'm reading it, and you talk about um, the spiritual ethnocide, I think was the term. Right, yes, spiritual ethnocide, right. That you used, and I, I feel like um, it can also be, you know, related to so many other things and not just with witchcraft. Oh, certainly, certainly. You know, it's, uh, you know, and, and not to, you know, not, not to try and, you know, uh, give a bad rap, you know, to the early uh, church, you know, and it's, it's, it's agenda. But, you know, essentially when Christianity was growing, you know, it, it was very difficult to convert the pagans. And um, they went to a lot of uh, efforts to make it look, you know, like something really bad and evil so that people would move away from it and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and convert over to Christianity. And, um you know, because of that, there were there were a lot of distortions and mistruths truths told, and that's kind of what I refer to as the spiritual ethnocide against the the pagan peoples of Europe, because their spirituality and really their beliefs and how they looked at the world, what I call their enchanted world view, was was thoroughly undone. You know, with the rise of Christianity, and rather than seeing you know the power and forces of nature, you know, it shifted over to 
what I call the celestial story of a, of a God in heaven and, a, you know, um, the whole thing with uh, Jesus and all that. So that became the new sort of enchanted worldview, which displaced um, the earlier one, which was rooted really in, in the earth and, and what was natural at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's uh, as I mentioned, though, it's it's really a shame because, I mean, when you think about uh, witches, if you mention the word witch, everybody goes, ooh, witch, you're having a witch on the <laughs> show. You know, that's, right. you know, it's dark, you know, it's Halloween coming, you know, it's it's so stereotyped. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's demonic, you know, and, it, right. you know, it's 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 really lack of knowledge. That well, it is, and it's it's fear, you know, and I think, you know, part of that is, is you know, rooted in the practices of witchcraft that were misunderstood. You know, we we are a people who uh, who practice at night, and I think that that probably bothered a lot of people because I think the the villagers were wondering, you know, what are those people doing at night out there in the woods or <laughs> up on the hill, you know? And I'm sure their imaginations ran wild. And uh, you know, we are essentially a, a lunar-based, you know, sect that uh, venerates the the night and the celestial night sky and the moon. As all symbols of our of our spirituality and our focus on divinity, so I think that it was very difficult for people, and probably still is, to see witches as spiritual. You know, they just think of witchcraft as magic, and certainly magic is part of witchcraft. But there is a what I call enchanted worldview or a spiritual fix that you know people in in witchcraft uh, you know embrace as well. Mm-hmm. Now, even even within the the witch society, there are different. Uh, I hate to say sex, but basically, uh, sex of witch. No, I mean there are people that believe uh, in wicker as you know as a religion. But right. oh, we always get into discussion. And then, uh, if you don't believe in wicker, but you're a witch, then you're almost looked down on as well by this group. Well, you know, there's that unfortunate human element. You know, anytime you put humans in the mix, there's going to be problem. <laughs> and, you know, as far as the differences, you know, all religions, I mean, Christianity has many denominations, and they all look at, at the one truth differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, and there's fighting, you know, among those denominations and oh, other sure. religions as well, some, some holy wars, as a matter of fact. But, um, are, you know, are fought in the name of religion. So, you know, among witches and Wiccans and things, there's still that human element of, of the bickering and, the, you know, you're not as valid as I am or you're not as powerful as I am or knowledge or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. These are human things and they get in the way. <laughs> but for me, you know, as a practitioner, all the, all that melts away when, you know, I stand beneath full moon and see what I see is the divine light, you know, which erases kind of the human pettiness. Mm-hmm. For a moment, you know, you can embrace the source, right. which doesn't have that, um, you know, that pettiness and envy and jealousy. It's just you're bathed in very healing, refreshing light that comes from spirit. And uh, that's what I wish people would understand and see uh, about, you know, pagans, the new pagans and witches and Wiccans is that we, Despite our human frailties, you know, we still strive for that spiritual fix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think anybody in any religion should be able to relate to that. Yeah, they should. Everybody has their 
you know, whatever that higher power is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that makes them them, you know, and, and gives yeah. them hope. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting because, I mean, I I have a, you know, what what I think is a very nice relationship with a, with a, a Christian uh, minister. Um, and, you know, even though, of course, you know, he's fixed on the idea of, you know, the, the, uh, the Christian idea of sort of the truth of that, um, mm-hmm. he's still very, very open and he's a spiritual man. He, he re- reflects the true, what I would say, message of Jesus, you know, and he's not judgmental, you know, and he talks and asks questions and wants to know. And, uh, you know, that's the first step towards peace, the willingness to, to have those conversations and not be threatened by one another and just to say, I'm firm in my spiritual beliefs, you're firm in yours, but we can, we can talk about what we hold in common and, and have a peaceful border. And, and I think that that's, that's the first step. That, that is great. And here in my little bitty town, we have um, kind of like a, a, a day, there's a weekend where some of our churches, and we, we have numerous churches here of different faiths, um, like um, I go to the Catholic Church, uh-huh. and our uh, Father Wally will go over to the Methodist Church, and the Methodist Church guy will go up to the Congregational Church, and the Congregational person comes. So everybody kind of mixes it up uh-huh. cool. and and actually does, goes and says a Mass uh-huh. at the other person's church. And I, really? I think that's awesome. Oh, that's, that's uh, totally awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and and I wish that more people could be like that. Right. right. You know, and... and you know, I think you need to give everything. I think when you give everything a chance, you can see you can see a lot of similarities. Well, you you can, and I think it just you know you you have to be confident in who and what you are in, in order to be able to behave that way. You know, to be able to go or allow someone into your church to give a you know a sermon and you don't find that threatening because you're confident in who and what you are. Right. And then you can go somewhere else and be confident that you'll be welcomed. Well, you, you should be. I mean, if absolutely. You, Absolutely, but that's not always the case. So I'm glad to hear the examples you're giving because that's very encouraging. Right. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I Father Wally, uh, I think is actually the guy who kind of started it all, and he's really, really open-minded. Very cool. Cool. Cool is good. So, anyways, I, I know that you did write a book about. Uh, Italian witchcraft? I did. It was the first professionally published book I had out, yeah. So, I mean, what's the difference from, for instance, between Italian witchcraft and the witchcraft that's commonly practiced nowadays? Well, you know, it's just cultural. You know, all all old world countries had their witch figure, and they were all known by, you know, different names that were part of the language of that region. Um, you know, Britain had its, uh, Hungary had its witches, Germany had, France had, Italy had. And essentially the, the practices are very, very similar. It's just the, the regional differences. You know, you may have different types of, of spirits you work with or, you know, one thing like in the Italian, you see there's a heavy emphasis on honoring the ancestors, you know, which um, is, is year-round, where in some other cultures it's, at a particular season, mm-hmm. you know, like the one coming up, for example, uh, the Samhain of the Dead. Yeah, which is you know the Celtic celebration of Samhain, uh, and in Italy, it's the first three days of November. 
Um, but in the old witchcraft things, you would always honor your, your ancestors all year round. It wasn't just uh, the one time, um, you know, to make it formal. Um, but, you know, there's more similarities than, than anything. But mm-hmm. you know, mainly it's, it's just the cultural differences, you know. Yeah, you know, the names of the deities would be different, but the ideas about them would be very similar. Uh, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, a plate of spaghetti and a shepherd's pie from the British Isles. <laughs> different flavor. <laughs> but it's still food. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, the, another interesting thing, too, about it is is we talk about uh, witches, authors, and so forth. And, and a lot of people look at that as like, you know, some type of demonic or satanic thing. And, and in reality, most people have an author and they don't even know about it. And, for instance, uh, that could be very well, uh, I guess, the best example of that would be if you have a picture of someone who's uh, passed and you put it on a special place in your home, uh-huh. that's basically an altar. If you, you know, I mean, you're honoring yeah. that person and that's yeah. what that, that's it, at it the, it's be, or, you know, some there. people might call it a shrine, but, but yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Right. Right. Well, so, but, you know, the altar, I mean, the altar is really an ancient idea. I mean, it shows up in, in pre-Christian times in, in pagan religions. Mm-hmm. You know, altars of stone, altars of wood, um, you know, and they were used in holy ways. You know, they, were, they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't used in the ways that uh, people might think today that witches are, you know, are, are, you know, handling their altars or the things they're doing on their altars. You know, to us, this is where you meet the divine. You know, however you want to define that. So, you know, these are sacred places, and so sacred things are done there, you know. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe the idea of sacredness uh, spoken by a witch might be an odd idea for people who don't understand witchcraft, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have this idea of, of sacredness. Uh, they, right. they they may think, you know, we're up, we're up to other things, you know. So how, and, and you know, I was, I was looking at this in your book, and, and it's, how did the witches, you know, because you talked about originally, you know, they were like the original herbalists and, you know, pharmacists, if you will. Right. Um, how, did, how did the witches get hooked up with the devil? You know, how did they get that rap? Right. Well, that's church, interesting. Right? Um, it's actually, I do, I do go into that later in the book. And uh, well, what I find interesting about that is for the first 900 years of Christianity, there is no written or even preached about connection between the devil and witchcraft. That mm-hmm. comes around the 1400s. Mm-hmm. So it's manufactured clearly because if this was actually going on, the church certainly would have noticed it within a 900-year period. Right. Um, but all of a sudden the writings and accusations pop up right around the 1400s. Um, there are several theologians, their names escape me at the moment, um, yeah, but they are in the book, and they actually were the ones that sat down and penned this out, you know, that the devil is associated with this and that, that all the pagan gods are actually the devil in disguise, and any time, you know, the, you know, they, they actually, it was uh, crafted, I mean, it was actually created out of, uh, you know, thin air, because it had no connection, and, you know, proof of that, you know, some proof of that shows in the fact that Nowhere in the Bible is the devil ever given a description of any kind. There is no depiction. 
of the devil. And yet, the drawings, especially in the Middle Ages and onward, were drawings of pagan um, beings. Mm-hmm. Old gods of the woods, you know, Pan, the, the hoof, mm-hmm. hoof and horn, you know, so, I mean, what a, what a, what a coincidence, eh? <laughs> right. You know, that you're trying to convert pagans, and you say, oh, by the way, you know, the old gods, uh, that's really the devil. <laughs> you know, and you, you need to, you know, and then they would say things like, you know, if you're, if an unbaptized baby um, dies, it goes to hell. So you certainly want your baby to be baptized into Christianity, right? Right. Well, you know, the little thing. You're never people go, oh, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty soon, you know, I mean, it was it was really, uh, forgive the phrase, diabolically clever uh-huh. um, of the church to create these these ways. And another thing that they did. We know historically as they built the old cathedrals on the sites of pagan worship because people were going there habitually by generation after generation. So the, I think it was the Council of Toledo, if I'm not mistaken, actually mapped that out and said, okay, you know, we need to start building uh, the churches cathedrals where these pagans are used to gathering, and that will be part of the conversion uh, campaign. And so a lot of this was, you know, very intentional. And it worked very well. I mean, it certainly um, certainly got rid of the competition. That's right. I mean, that's like Halloween. They took it and made old uh, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. Right, exactly. Right. And that, that's an old story, too, because that definitely was a pagan celebration, and mm-hmm. people would give it up. There were several things that the people just refused to give up. And so the church said, all right, all right, all right, we'll just make it Christian. <laughs> you know, then and they Christianized it and switched it around. Uh, the, the Christmas tree is a is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, really? that is a pagan symbol of eternal life. Really, and, I never oh, knew yeah. that. Wow! And they used to decorate the tree. They'd pick a sacred tree out in the woods and they would put offerings in front of it, and mm-hmm. you know, in, in that way, dress it up. And that was forbidden by law. And so the people started sneaking the trees into their house. <laughs> Pagans are very, wow. very clever people. You know, so today, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of ironic because here you have on the birth of Jesus, you know, that people are gathered around an old pagan tree. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we grin about such things. That is a riot. I love it. Because yeah. I hate Christmas. I'm sorry. Oh. What? <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. I know. People are now going to throw things at me. I just. I am. It's not, it's not the, the you I'll know. I'll say three Hail Marys and four Our Fathers. All right. For that. And, yeah, you, you may even end up needing the protection of a witch on that one. There you go. No, it's not that I hate, I hate Christmas, I hate the Christmas crap. Right. The, the shopping and the commercialism right. and the, right. you have to buy this one a present because somebody right. tells you you have to buy them a present, and if you don't buy them a present, you don't love them. Yeah, it's, I, I always say it's the season to spend money you can't afford to spend on people you don't really care all that much exactly. about. Exactly, <laughs> and that's, that's why I hate well. Christmas. I don't hate the I'm reason. Surprised. I don't hate the reason. Let me clarify. Well, yeah, no, I guess. We have to take a break right now, and when we come <laughs> back, we uh, we have to do a uh, public thing. So, uh, Raven, can you hold on a probably for about 10 minutes? I'd be happy to. All right, thank you very much. You'll listen to Ghost... Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten. 
forgotten places, and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, Raven Gramasi. Yes. Are you there? Well, I'm there. <laughs> I'm still there. Raven, we actually yeah. have, uh, as I mentioned before, all this month, um, we have a lot of great shows on TojiNet, and uh, we are doing a little promotional piece for them. And so I have a young lady on the line with us now who has a show on um, TojiNet as well, and her name is Mary. Mary, you there? Mary? Yes, hi, how are you? Oh, good. I, I won't even try to do your last name. Okay, well, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's Mary Similuka, and that's spelled C-I-M-I-L-U-C-A. Aha. Yeah. Hi, Mary. <laughs> hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. And, Thank and Mary, you, you guys have a show so on uh, Tojinet as well, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we're kind of talking over each other, but uh, I'm sorry I didn't hear your question. Uh, you have a show on Tojinet, and when is it, and what's the name of it? Yes, our show is called Talk Sense, The Meaning Connection, and it's on every Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern. And it's a show about um, meaning-centered um, life. Um, and by that I mean uh, we are looking – we drive, sort of run around the world and look for people who are living meaningful lives one way or the other in spite of what they may have gone through, in spite of tragedies, in spite of whatever. And we're loosely based on the work that was done by the great Dr. Viktor Frankl from Vienna, Austria. You may or may not have heard of his book called Man's Search for Meaning, but it sold over 14 million copies in the United States. And we've now produced a documentary, and we decided that we were getting such a great response to the documentary, which is about the personal life of Dr. Frankel, that um, we would uh, use some of his work to sort of promote the film and talk to some great people around the world. And we now have over 2,300 people from 48 different countries who are our Facebook fans, and a lot of them listen in every week, and it's just a wonderful show so far. We, we're fairly new. We started in June, and uh-huh. so we're called Talk Sense Radio. Oh, that's kind of cool. So uh-huh. what made you go into radio, I guess, is the best way, because uh, you, you have your uh, interest in video, actually, right? Right. We're in the movie business, and um, hmm. I was at a conference and met John Martin, who, as you know, is 
the great um, leader over there, the CEO of TokiNet Radio. And I was talking to John about different ways to market our film, and he said, well, I know one very good way, and that's that you could start a radio show. Uh And I had never really even considered, you know, such a thing. I I have no experience in radio, and I've I've really never done any public speaking, you know, to amount to anything, and so I was really nervous. But now I'm really into it, you know. Because it's turning out to be uh, something that people look forward to and write me emails about, and they're really very, very interested in what we're doing. And so it's um, it's it's gone from a marketing um, tool to really something that's giving us meaning. I look forward to every Friday now. That's great. You got to love those emails. I love them. I know. I love them. <laughs> they make my day. <laughs> so what uh, what are you guys up to on this on your show? Oh, a little bit of this and a little <laughs> bit of that. We, Ghost Chronicles, of course, uh, most people know because they're listening and they listen every right. week. But uh, we, we talk about all things paranormal and whatever pops into Well, that sounds brain. like it's interesting. So <laughs> I'm going to have to start listening in. Listen, I won't take up your whole day because I know you've got people coming, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about our show, and we hope that people will listen in. It's Friday, 12 noon Pacific, called Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection with Mary Similuka and Alexander Vesley. And I actually have two questions for you. What will people okay. hear on this show? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. What will, what will people hear on this show? Well, every week we, um, we have a guest on to talk about something in their lives that has given them new meaning and new purpose. Uh, for example, uh, we've had a former Green Beret officer on there who talked about his time in eight years traveling around the world. We, last week we had a professional golfer on there who became a golfer after he lost a leg in a motorcycle accident. Mm. And so, you know, his goal was to be a professional soccer player growing up, and his goal was derailed. And sometimes we find that, you know, you can do one of two things. You can either get in the bed and feel sorry for yourself and, Mm -hmm. and go into a big depression, or you can realize, hey, my life has meaning at this moment, and tomorrow it will have meaning also. I just have to find a new way to make, make it happen. And right. so he never gave up his dream. And so we talked to him, and it's very inspirational kind of stuff. And then we also have the professionals who will come on. I try to mix it up with about 20% professional therapists who can talk about Dr. Frankel's work for the other community out there who's still studying his work and learning. So this coming Friday, we'll have Dr. Stefan Schulenberg on from the University of Mississippi, who's doing some really great research and has done a lot of work in suicide prevention, for example. So just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's great. It's a lot of fun. We have a, a woman in Massachusetts who, when she was given birth, she contracted a uh, rare disease, and they had to cut off her legs and arms. Oh. And she never gave up, and she just fought the good fight. And uh, I forget who, Oprah, and I believe somebody else teamed up, and they just wow. built her uh, a special house that she can... Uh, make her life a little bit easier. But even even without this house, she carried on as, you know, she always, she, her mantra was, there's always someone worse than me. 
that, you know, a, that's exactly the kind of person that we want. So if you remember her name, be sure and send it to me. Wow. Yeah. I, I talked to a woman yesterday who has lost both of her hands and has gone totally blind, and yet she's mm. decided to become a painter. And she's now doing amazing work with her uh, left kn- with just the knuckles that she has left. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. Wow. Amazing. It makes you not want to complain about anything anymore, right? My, yeah, definitely. So, Mary, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Your show is on Fridays at what time? Fridays, 3 p.m. Eastern. 3 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, I want to thank you for dropping by and saying hello. Okay, be sure to tune in. We'd love to have you uh, join in the conversation. Oh, that would be awesome. And, Thank you. And, okay, bye-bye. People, bye-bye. Take care. Oh, that's oh cool. I like, we have so many cool shows on Tojinet. That, that's why I decided to do this little five-minute uh, doohickey thingy and, and you know, <laughs> let people know what, what other shows we have on the air. And that's the a professional people. term, huh? So, Raven, you still with us? Oh, yes. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I didn't want we to didn't piss want to off a witch. That's all. I'm not, <laughs> easy. I'm not that easy to get rid of. Oh, that's good. (laughs) We have a question for Raven, Mm -hmm. actually, from our Facebook page. Really? Um, And Jackie uh, would like us to ask Raven if there is a simple old-world Italian way to ward off negative energy given off by people, you know, Mm. people around you every day. She can't listen to the show at night because she's working, so she... um, she always gets the podcast, so she asked if we could ask you this question. Yeah, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of old folkloric methods for doing that type of thing. Um, you know, as simple as uh, getting a sprig of the herb rue, and you put that on the inside of, uh, you know, like, your pocket or, you know, somewhere under your clothing, and it's, it's believed to, um, you know, it's a, an old folkloric remedy that's, designed to keep the negative influences away. Um, some people will wear a small horn on a necklace or mm-hmm. you know, carry it on them some fashion, and that's also believed to be, you know, the horns against, you know, that kind of envy and, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, a ver- there's a variety of things. Uh, we have the Chimaruta charm that we wear, um, mm-hmm. which is a very old um, amulet. It shows up... Um, some of the uh, records that are still surviving of it are from, like, the 1800s. You'll see different uh, pen and ink drawings of it. It's a little charm that you wear, and that can also protect you. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a lot of different things you can do, including protection in the home. And, and that's very simple by, you know, what they would do in days of old is they would sprinkle a coarse salt across the thresholds of the doorways and maybe a little bit on the window sills. Um, the idea being that that's purification and nothing evil can cross that barrier. And these are very old ideas, uh, you know, what I call folkloric ideas. Uh, I remember it, when we had uh, Lori uh, Bruno on the show, and she told us there's a simple thing that definitely can help. And she says, when you're done at the end of the day, she says, shower. And if you can do it with, uh, you know, yeah. rub your feet in some uh, sea sure. salts as you're showering, uh, right. or, uh, it's even better. But it's to wash off all that negativity. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's, yeah, that is something that uh, is pretty easy to do in modern times. You know, in a shower, and you can just visualize as the water is going down the drain. Then you, you know, you, you, get in your head the idea that that's all washed off of you and going down the drain and you're not contaminated by the people that made you feel, you know, creepy, I guess, would be the word. 
<laughs> so you talked about, the first thing you talked about was, did you say rue? Yeah, it's an herb. Yeah, oh, it's, it's an old world. Uh, uh, yeah. Stephanie's in the background just saying, by the purest of coincidence, we happen to sell those things on our online store. Aha! Okay, we didn't talk about your online yes. store. Uh, where can people go to your online store? Uh, the name is ravensloft.biz, B-I-Z. Uh, so it's ravensloft, like a, like a nest. Oh, cool. And uh, there are, yeah, there's actually a section on there, um, in the, on the store that carries uh, the Italian line, and and then we have other lines as well. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit of there for everyone. Oh, great! I'm going to post that on the Facebook page right now, folks. Oh, thank you. If anybody is yeah. looking for things, because I know, I mean, Jackie specifically asked about it, so maybe she'd like to know where to get it. So that's that's yeah, well, excellent. That's- it's nice, and we make a lot of the stuff ourselves. We grow our own herbs in our magical garden, and we sell, like, the rue and different things. So it's made in the old prescribed magical way. So, you know, there is that, that sort of little extra, what I call juju, put in there. <laughs> I love that magical garden. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> now, you talked about a lot of plants in in your book. Yeah. Um, what can you can you tell our listeners what? What are the traditional plant plants of witchcraft? Well, you know, when you go back to really the core traditional plants, um, you know, you're looking at plants such as uh, aconite, uh, hembane, hemlock, hellebore, belladonna, foxglove, the wolfsbane. These are the old, the old powerful herbs because people understood that you know by coming into contact with those particular herbs, they had an effect on the mind and the body. So they believed, you know that they were uh, magical uh, because of the effect that they had. You know, whereas if you picked up a rose, you know, nothing really happened to you other than smiling when you smelled the rose. But the other plants would actually have a physical effect. And the mandrake plant is probably perhaps considered to be the most magical of them all. Mm -hmm. And since these plants had effects on the the mind, um, they were used uh, in spells and potions and magical work and and witches in days of old believed that spirits were attached to these things and and could empower you or help you and aid you in some way. So they would wear them as as a natural talismans, like they might carry a dried mandrake root in, in the belief, in the belief that the spirits associated with the mandrake would would aid them, protect them, you know, whatever it is they believed about that particular plant. Oh, so so the mandrake is the most powerful. It's considered to be, it's uh, sometimes called the sorcerer's root. Oh, neat. Um, and um, it, it goes back to what I call old magic, and uh, it's actually very, very potent. Um, we, uh, Stephanie and I have been growing them, and all these magical plants for quite some time, but we have some mandrakes that are about nine years old now, and their roots are really large. A mandrake will, will grow to like a three-feet root, and they're very... Wow very thick roots, and we dig them up once a year at Samhain, and we clean the roots and bathe them, and then we bury them again and um, dig them up again the next year. And sometimes we'll take little cuttings of the root for magical purposes and that type of thing. It's a very old-world tradition to to deal with these uh, old-world plants. Um, The book, however, if I can say, um, what I've done in the book is I show methods that people can work with these plants without having the physical plants by working with magical seals that I created uh, for the system that's presented in the book. Really? 
Yeah, and I think that's the safest way because these these, these particular plants are can be very toxic, and some of them are quite deadly um, just oh. because of, of potency of the chemicals within them. Mm-hmm. So unless you really are experienced with growing these things, I, I caution people in the book not to go seek these plants out. They're hard to find anyway, but I, I just say <laughs> but don't don't really work with them, you know, at least not at first, and um, you know, work instead with the spirits that are associated with them. Uh, it, it, it's a much more it's a much safer way. Wow. That's kind of scary. <laughs> They're very deadly. I'll get you some for your birthday. Thank you, dear. <laughs> well, you know, but that's true of anything. I mean, you know, household cleaners can be very deadly if used. This in is true. You know, so it's not that anything's really spooky about the plants. It's just you have to, you have to treat substances, you know, carefully and. And like, you know, your, you know, your comet cleanser, you know, isn't evil, but if you drank it, you would get sick or die. It was the same thing with the magical plants of witchcraft. They're they're not evil, but you have to be careful how they, how your body reacts to them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I kind of wanted to say that to dispel the idea that, you know, that these are somehow, you know, creepy, deadly plants that, you know, (laughs) are out there in the night running around with, you know. Um, (laughs) They're going to sneak up on you. <laughs> and whack you with a mandrake, yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, how did you train, uh, Raven? How did I train? Yes, to become who you are today. Uh, well, I've had a great many teachers, actually. I, I grew up in what I call a peasant witchcraft tradition. Um, but my training has been through other experience, which is over time. You know, taught me um, the arts of magic. Taught me how to connect with uh, the spirit of the land and and the, what I call the sentient nature of uh, the trees and plants, the green world, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a shamanistic approach to understanding that nature is conscious and alive, and um, you can communicate with it. And that's kind of what the witch does. It's which is in communication with forces that most people think are just kind of innate things, you know, like a rock or a tree, you know, it's just there. They, You know, scientists, for example, they, they don't think there's any purpose to nature. They just think it's a perpetual machine that just keeps cranking itself out, but it really has no, no goal or end result in mind. <laughs> Whereas a witch says, well, that's kind of silly because it's conscious and alive like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, the earth is so much more powerful than we'll ever know. Oh, yeah. And and that's what the witches have tapped into since days of old. They, they understood uh, that, I think, to perhaps to a deeper, more intimate level or degree than people who were not involved in such things. Now, you talk about um, shadow, mm-hmm. which is a part of these plants. Well, shadow is a term that we use to describe what's called the organic memory of the earth. Mm-hmm. And the organic memory of the earth is below the surface. And, and from a, you know, kind of a biological perspective, if you think about it, every living thing that's ever been on the earth and died was absorbed back into the soil. Mm-hmm. So its energy, let's say, went back into the soil, and we would say its memories. And so the earth itself has the organic memory that it holds of all that has ever lived or been um, on this planet. And so we believe that the roots of plants, and the deeper ones, the trees in particular, can tap into this. And by working with the 
consciousness of the tree or the plant and what we would also call its spirit, um, you can tap these old memories, these ancestral memories, and they teach you things. You know, they teach you things about yourself and and the divine and, and really kind of help you through life because we're all experiencing it together. You see, in ancient times, humans lived in common cause with nature, and so we had a different relationship. So we want to reclaim that wisdom. Today, we don't live in common cause with nature. We use it as a resource, you know, and pollute it and strip it and mine it and, you know, <laughs> drop it down. And, you know, I mean, we're just kind of what the, we're the termite people. <laughs> you know, and uh, and that wisdom, that lack of wisdom, is destroying the planet that we live on, and future generations will suffer for that. Right. But we believe that the green wisdom can bring back and awaken humans to the idea that we're in this together with life on this planet. If we kill the mother, we die with her. Mm-hmm. That's kind wow. of a heavy thing to lay out, I know, but it's true, and that yeah. that's one of the advantages of understanding that the that nature is sentient, it's self-aware. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So um, most witches, I guess this would be the good way to say it, do tarot cards and consider themselves psychics and mediums. Do you consider yourself that, Raven? Well, you know, I, I, you know, getting getting modern witches or Wiccans or anything to agree on any one particular thing is a, is a real feat in and of itself. So I'm not sure that I would use that definition. But I would say many witches uh, work with divination. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I do. I work with divination. I have developed what I guess what I would call, you know, psychic abilities. My wife Stephanie and I we created two oracle decks: the Well Worn Path and the Hidden Path oracle deck. Oh, cool. And so we, we do readings, and, you know, we are very much attuned with the idea of divination and oracle. Uh, some of that comes from what we would call the ancestors, you know, the guidance, and some comes from the memory of shadow itself. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of witches definitely um, perform oracle, but I wouldn't say all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you really go into the true definition of a, of a witch in that you become attuned uh, to nature or whatever, and once again, even you're talking about things that go back into the earth and energy right. and stuff, and that's thoughts as well. And so, if you are, are attuned to it, then you should be able to uh, deal with it in divination. Yeah, I, I think that that's true. And you know, we we believe that everything communicates. You know, the nature is communicating. Everything around us is communicating with itself and with us. And so, oracle is kind of the ability to sort of stop the internal dialogue and kind of tune into the communication, you know, to listen to it. And it projects what I call the probabilities. You know, I, I see personally divination kind of like forecasting the weather. You know, a weatherman will look at <laughs> oh, is that. that inaccurate, huh? Well, I mean, well, you know, it, it depends on, you know, um, a great many things. But, you know, when a weatherman looks at the weather, they're looking at, what's approaching and, and the speed of the wind and all that, and they say if that holds true, you know, the rain will hit here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And if it does hold true, he's right. But if, <laughs> if that pattern changes, then his prediction changes, because there is no such thing as fate. So when we do a divination, what we're doing is we're looking at the patterns that are most likely to occur if nothing changes that pattern. So that to me is divination. I can sit down and do a reading for you, and I can 
say to you, you know, this is likely and that's likely, or, you know, this is going this way or that way. And in the moment that it's being said, that is that is true. That that is what is most likely to occur. But you know, part of the gift of divination is you can take that information and then go out and change that verdict. Hmm. You see, so that that's why we don't really believe that anything's faded. You know, we don't yeah. believe that divination is just telling you what's going to happen and then wishing you a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good luck to you. Off you go. You know, see you later. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't go there. I, that's not how I see it. But no, that would just be me, and other witches would probably disagree. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's so, do you right do on, dowsing as well? I'm sorry. Do you do dowsing as well? I don't personally do that. I, I know that some people do, and they excel at it. It's nothing I was ever drawn to. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. Uh, I've never really worked much with that. I. Um, I've been working with some um, old healing techniques as of late uh, that uh, were in the family, and uh, that, that's that's uh, it's very interesting. It's, but uh, it's very interesting at the same time. And, and can you tell us do you, what projects you have coming up? Uh, I know you just have a book out, but do you have anything in the works? Well, yeah, actually, I'm already thinking about a sequel to the book, um, which would be a, a lengthy grimoire or, or magical book that would be a, a lot more hands-on than the current one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always have at least a couple books going at a time in my, in my head and kind of saved on discs, you know, so I go back and forth. Uh, um, I've got about three right now that, that are in various uh, you know stages of completion, so I'm uh-huh. never without ideas, which I think... <laughs> And it is a good thing if you're an author, I suppose. Yeah, this book is great. Uh, we're we're uh, Stephanie and I. Um, we we run the Fellowship of the Pentacle, which offers online courses uh, for study in witchcraft, and so we're always working to make that more effective. Uh, you know, uh, beefing up the material. You know, we have students all over the world who take our online courses. It's a home study course that you you get emails. Uh, each month with lessons, and then you belong to a discussion group that's online. Um, you know, so we are, we're always sort of have our hands. Well. What, Ron? Raven, this is on your website as well? Um, actually, the fellowshipofthepentacle.com. So it would be fellowshipofthepentacle, all run together, um, .com, and that will take you to really kind of our master site, which shows all the different things that we're involved in and that we offer. Okay, we actually have to say goodbye to you now because we just about run out of time and we got to do our drawing for our box of free stuff. So we want to thank you. Uh, we've been speaking with uh, Raven uh, Gramasi and Stephanie somewhere in the background there. He's waving. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, I will meet you at the uh, end of October, I guess. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, and, uh, and have a rest of the good show there. Oh, thank you, Raven. It was great Goodbye talking with you. Blessed you too. be. Blessed be. Take care. All right, Ann. All right. Are we going to draw this? We got to because we're just about out of time. All right. Okay. Are we ready? Shake, Drum roll. I'm shaking them around. I'm stirring them up. Okay. Here we go. I got, and this I is got one of my hands. free stuff. And you can't get boxes of free stuff everywhere. You can only get it at our website, which is uh, Facebook page, excuse me, which is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And if you like us, then you can enter us in. We'll probably do this at least once a month, I think. Don't you think? And the winner is. 
Yes. Robbie Gibson. Yay! Who? Robbie Gibson. I don't know him. I think Robbie's a woman. Draw another one. No! <laughs> You're terrible. Robbie, I'm you need... I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. You need to... Send Ron a Facebook message and let him know your mailing information, and he'll get you your box of awesome stuff. What is this? What are we doing now? <laughs> Robbie has to send you a message on Facebook. Oh, which is Ronald Kolek, K-O-L-E-K. And if you message me on Facebook, and I will get the pertinent information, and I will send you your box of free stuff. That's right. So, and wasn't and Raven those, an awesome guest? Those didn't win, guest? don't worry about it, because uh, we'll do this again. I think I'm once a month now. We'll cool. We'll some crap away. Awesome. So okay. Raven was an awesome guest. I really enjoyed talking to him. Did you really? He was great. And guys, buy his book, okay? Exactly. Old World Witchcraft. I'm really enjoying it. I hope you'll all enjoy it, too. Wow. That's like a unshameless plug. Yeah. Better, better than Oprah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I do want to mention one bite. Uh, on the 15th of October, we are doing Dining with the Dead uh, in Portsmouth on Haunted Lighthouses. and got some evidence and stuff we're going to show with Jeremy Dodger. That's on our website, nagostproject.com, letter N, letter E, ghostproject.com. And it's time to wrap it up. Say good night and God bless everyone. Good night, everybody. Thank you. From ghoulies to ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us 